once again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC cast. I am Joel Cookson. Very happy that you've decided to spend a little bit of time with us today for what should be a very interesting edition of the CIAC cast. Got some great guests coming up for you today. Talk a little spring sports, talk a little just general conversation about high school sports. Lots of good folks that will be with us coming up today. We've got Vicki Fulkerson of the New London Day. She's going to help us break down the softball season. One of our favorites, Joe Palladino of the Waterbury Republican American, stopping by to talk about some feature story kind of things. And then Doug Bonjour of the Connecticut Post is going to weigh in on the baseball season. So some very uh, good folks happy to have with us this week. We're happy to have you with us this week. And uh, let's just dive right into the CIAC cast with things you might have missed. Just a few things on the CIACsports.com that you might want to check out. A lot of content posted lately on the Scholar Athlete Banquet, which took place this past weekend and was a rousing success. The uh, CIAC Scholar Athlete Banquet honored 344 impressive senior scholar athletes. We've got a story about them, including the full list of honorees. Also did a story about a one of the scholar athletes from New Fairfield, a very impressive young woman uh, cross-country performer who has excelled both on and and off the uh, the playing surface. So I hope you'll check out that as well. We've got an edition of Linked Up that uh, has been posted since our last um, edition of the CIAC cast. So you can check that out as well. Some important information for football players, athletes, coaches, uh, improved football definitions and requirements, some new things that have been uh, voted on and approved by the CIAC football committee and the board of control. Uh, that fans and particularly coaches and athletic directors are going to want to check out. And we've added a question and answer session. So, uh, section. So if you think you've read that before, but you didn't, uh, feel like maybe you fully understood it, we've added a, a pretty exhaustive question and answer section to that document as well. So that hopefully will uh, will help ease some of the transition into some of these new uh, policies that have been put in place. Again, as always with football, working to uh, to try and maintain the, uh, the safety of our health and students, uh, of our student athletes. So hope you'll check all that out there on CICsports.com. As always, we encourage you to check out Tournament Central. That's where you can keep tabs on all of the information as we head into tournament season. We are not that far away here recording this on the 8th of May. And uh, we've got a lot of things starting to come to a head. So we uh, hope you will check that out. You can take a look at who's qualified, who might be ranked where, where are they going to play, who are they going to play, all that good stuff. Schedules, results, everything you might want as we head into the really the heart of the spring season here as the calendar has turned to May. Lots of interesting stuff to keep tabs on on Tournament Central. So we hope you will check that out as well. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports. Lots of good information there. Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. And as you can email us at CIACcast at CIACcast.org. Love to hear from you and uh, say, hey, why? how come you never have that that, that great reporter from uh, from so-and-so on? Why don't you ever talk about this? Why don't you uh, why don't you maybe consider this as a topic? And we, we certainly will uh, be happy to hear from folks and consider all of that. So that's things you might have missed on CICsports.com. Let's dive right in with our guest. But first, look, you've heard me talk about this before. Our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation ask us to 
to bring this message to you, do not text and drive and drive distracted. If you're going to listen to the CIAC cast in your car, which uh, we certainly encourage, but uh, press play on your I- on your iPhone or your iPad or your Droid or whatever, and then just put the phone away. You don't need to keep it out. You don't need to check your texts. You don't need to check your emails. They can wait. It is too important, and uh, just put it away. Of course, we're sending or receiving a text. Takes a driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds, driving at 55 miles per hour. That's the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field without looking. Please do not text and drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. Please put those phones away. It's not worth it. Not worth the risk. Not worth the danger. Just don't do it. With all that said, we check in now. We have uh, haven't yet to really tackle the spring sports season and we're going to start that on right now on the CIAC cast by chatting with Vicki Fulkerson of the New London Day. Very happy to have with us now Vicki Fulkerson of the New London Day. She's going to uh, check in with us on the state of softball in Connecticut in the early season here. Well, maybe the mid-early season now as we start to head into to early May. So Vicki, thanks very much for being with us. Oh, thank you. Uh, as we said before we started recording, Vicky's happy anytime she gets to talk a little softball. So that's what we're going to do here and, and get a, try to get a feel for what's been happening uh, in, in her neck of the woods and just around the state in general as she keeps tabs on the softball season. So let's start with just kind of the, the general question here. Vicky, what are sort of a handful of teams that, have you seen, that you've seen so far that have impressed you the most this year? Well, I, I think you have to start with um, our our gem, I guess, in our neck of the woods is is Fitch. Mm-hmm. Um, they they won the Class L state championship last year. Uh, they only lost one game. They were undefeated in the regular season, and they went on to win the state championship. Um, and uh, they started out strong again this year. They they won the state championship last year with no seniors on the team, uh, and so this year they had everyone returning, uh, two all state players that they have their pitcher. Caroline Caber uh, is a is a junior, and their shortstop Jackie Lewis is a senior, and they're both all-state uh, returning all-state players from last year, and they're ranked number two in the state right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they even uh, two weeks ago, not this week, they they didn't get a first place vote, but two, two weeks ago they got a first place vote over Southington in the state poll in the New Haven Register top ten poll which is kind of amazing because you, you think of Southington as the, you know, they set the bar. They've won 60 straight regular season games or 60 straight games, and, and uh, for, for Fitch to be in the conversation with them is kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. They're just um, they're kind of demolishing everyone, everyone that they play. They're 12-0 and 0 this year, um, ranked number two in the state. Uh, they have eight shutouts. They've outscored their opponents. I just counted up before I talked to you, 155 to 10. Oh, my goodness. They've outscored their opponents. They've had eight shutouts. They had five straight shutouts to start the season. They didn't allow a run until their sixth game. So they're just kind of like every, everyone else. All the other games I've seen are so competitive. And then I went to see them on opening day this year because um, last year they had an interim coach that led them to the championship, Ariel Cooper, who's a former All-American at Eastern. And uh, this, uh, their coach, uh, Kate Perpich, was on maternity leave. And so I went to see them on opening day this year. It was like Kate's return and everything. They were playing Westerly. And a, a couple years ago they played Westerly, and it was like 6-5 to five or something. And mm-hmm. so I go opening day to see them play. Like, great story, returning state champions. 
and they they beat Westerly thirty four to nothing. Oh. And somebody said to me, like, "What about the Mercy Rule?" I said, "That was the Mercy Rule. <laughs> it ended up <clears throat> it ended after five innings. It was the Mercy Rule." And I, I, they just top to bottom, they can just hit, and they just are relentless, and they still only have one senior. So wow. <laughs> Uh, any other teams that have sort of uh, captured your attention uh, thus far? Maybe not to that level, but uh, but other teams <laughs> that have been uh, been uh, interesting for you. Yeah, um, East East Lyme is interesting. They're they're in second place in the ECC large division behind Fitch. Um, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, they only conversely to Fitch, they only have one uh, returning starter who returns to their her same position this year. She's in, they have an all-state shortstop, Kaylee Crosby, but the, the whole rest of the defense is new, and they have um, they have a pitcher who was on JV last year, and uh, and they started out eight and two, so okay. that's really impressive. Um, a lot of a lot of teams that they play have com- commented on East Lawn's defense. Uh, they they the game the game that I saw they played errorless defense and. And that's with all new people at all new positions. So that's you know re- really impressive. The uh, obviously the the head coach at East Lyme is uh, Judy Deeb. Um, she's in her forty fourth season there, and um, she's the all, the state's all time wins leader for softball. And she's approaching her six hundredth win. So they're they've been fun to watch play, and maybe you know unexpectedly. Uh, the, the first game of the season, they played Granby, and she's like, "Don't cover us against Granby, God! Like, who knows how we're gonna be?" You know, <laughs> and and uh, so I just went to watch. I didn't I didn't read about it, but uh, their field is like a mile from my house, so I just went to watch, and and they beat Granby three to one. And Granby is a state you know state final team from a couple years ago, right? And the the, the JV pitcher from last year beat them three to one in the on opening day, so. They've been pretty impressive right from the right from the start. Um, w- Waterford, um, I saw play the other day. They're they're nine and three. They're undefeated um, in their division, the East the ECC medium they play in, mm-hmm. and they just kind of took the took the reins in their division the other day by beating Stonington seven to five. Um, I think it was the the bottom the bottom of the seventh. So I think they they walked off. Oh no! No, they didn't. They they scored in the sixth, and then um, and then they they uh, got Stonington out in the top of the seventh. Uh, but they were they were trailing in the game five to three, and they came back to win seven to five. So they they're pretty. They have a pretty impressive um, lineup, top to bottom. A couple of all-state kids. Um, so they're they're fun to watch play. And then Wheeler, uh, uh, which is our small division team, has. Um, uh, two kids going to play in college next year. Raven Houck, their catcher, uh, just gave a verbal commitment to go to the University of Pennsylvania, which is impressive. Yep. Um, Ivy League Division One. Uh, she, she's an All-State catcher, and their their pitcher Jen Paridi, uh, who struck out 16 the other day when I went to see them play, is going to Dominican Dominican College next year. So um, we ha- we have some good teams to watch. 
Absolutely, yeah. Sounds like a lot of uh, a lot of good talent to keep you uh, to keep you interested here as we we go through the spring. Any other? Uh, you mentioned you know come some of the the top te- players for those you know those handful of teams that uh, that have garnered your attention. Any other players that have really jumped out at you uh, in the early season here as we we start to head into uh, the heart of the season? Yeah, obviously the the two the two Fitch All Staters, and then the um, the the girl for East Lyme who's pitching for them, Michaela mm-hmm. Lopriori, her name is. Uh, she was on the junior varsity last year, as I mentioned, and and the, the coach, you know, thought she was going to be good. But I I would say, you know, when you're coming up from JV, you're kind of a question mark sure. to start the season, and uh, she she's um she it, 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 she's a really interesting kid. She's like the most the nicest uh you know politest kid um and and uh but she's respected around the league everyone everyone um really seems to like her and uh and she she doesn't overpower anybody but she gets like the she doesn't strike anybody out but she's getting ground ball outs and like i said they're playing great defense right but what's what's cool about her um she's hit six home runs so far all over the fence uh, the coach said, "Like I've never had anybody hit this many before. Like she just keeps hitting bombs." Um, and she, she, um, in in uh, in the winter season, she plays on indoor track, and she was the ECC shot put champion. Oh wow! And and now um, the the first game of the season that she beat Granby, she uh, they beat they won three to one, and she drove in all the runs. And uh, and now she's hit six home runs, two in one game against Old Saybrook. It's, it it seems like even though teams teams know she can hit, and the the first game of the season up from JV, she got intentionally walked against wow. Granby, and and now she's hit six home runs, and people people know that she can hit, and she's still hitting home runs against NFA. The other day she hit one, so you know against Waterford she tripled. So. It's it's just kind of interesting to to um to watch the box scores come in every day and um see what she did because she's just like a fun kid to to write about because she's just so nice and the coach teases her all the time you know like don't say anything bad in the newspaper she's like team <laughs> I did it you know like she's just like very innocent and unassuming and she's really fun to watch play um one one uh. One interesting note um, for for Waterford, th- their coach Liz Sutman has her two nieces playing on the team this year. Cassie uh, Walker, she's a junior pitcher, and the freshman Marissa Walker uh, is a left-handed pitcher. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Marissa is actually a cancer survivor. Um, she had she had osteosarcoma, bone cancer, when she was a little girl, and um, she overcame it. They they put a expandable prosthetic on the inside of her left leg, wow. so that as she grew, they could expand it. So she had three surgeries to lengthen the prosthetic in her leg, and then, or she had three major surgeries, and then like like over a dozen lengthenings of her leg as she grew. And now uh, they said that she's the full size that she's going to be now, and they they put in her permanent. Um, knee, I guess, um, and so she hasn't been able to do sports growing up. It's a very athletic family. Their, their dad, Pete Walker, is the pitching coach for the Toronto Blue Jays. He used to pitch for the Blue Jays mm-hmm. um, and and the Mets. 
and um, they're they're so athletic, and she was unable to compete. And just this past winter, she, well, she she came to the high school. It was like her dream to be a high school athlete, and she came to the high school and. Um, she couldn't. She can't r- run very well. So during the winter, she can't play basketball, which was her sport. So she joined swimming, and then this spring, she's on the varsity softball team. And the the coach is her her aunt Liz, which is Pete's sister. And uh, but Marissa, um, the other day, um, in that Stonington game, um, her her sister Cassie is the starting pitcher. Cassie pitched five innings, and they were losing five to three, and Liz just thought, like, you know, they, we need a different look right now. They're starting to hit Cassie, and she, she brought Marissa in, and um, Marissa pitched two scoreless innings and got the win against Stonington when, after Waterford came back with their rally mm-hmm. in the sixth inning, and she just was beaming, you know. It's just, it's just amazing. Even the Stonington coach said um, softball is a game, and, she what she does is life, and there's a difference, you know. It's just yeah. it's just uh, incredible, and it's like uh, Liz, as the coach, obviously has to separate. Like, okay, these are my nieces, and this is my team, and you know, and separate everything. But it it's so emotional every time she goes out there. Like, sure. They they take infield, and and Liz watches her take infield and gets like all weepy, you know. <laughs> yeah. So she's um so one of the one of the things that. Every season um, since she's been a little girl, they uh, Waterford plays Stonington in a play for the Cure game, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and they give the proceeds to three different scholarship foundations or, or or causes to fight cancer. One of them is Camp Rising Sun, which which uh, Marissa attended, um, which gives uh, you know the the sick kids a, a place to go to camp, and. Uh, so Marissa's always been honored at the game, and she threw out the first pitch last year and everything, and now she's going to play in it this year. So it's like it's, it's pretty emotional, <laughs> but she's good at the same time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a remarkable story, and uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, you're you're just sort of speechless after hearing something like that. That's yeah, uh, yeah, that's she's, in- fa- she's fantastic. Like you know, I don't know, she's just she's just such a nice kid, and she. She worked so hard, and I said, like, and and she's only a freshman, so I said, how do, how does she come in and be so calm? Stonington's peeing off, and she just like calmly gets two scoreless innings, and was was that she has an inner strength that most of us don't have, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she already she already did chemo and beat cancer, and now she 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 told, I I interviewed her during swimming season when she did her first varsity sport, and and uh, she said I. I want to be known for other things than being the kid with cancer. Like I want to play softball and swim and and have people say, "Oh, it's that good pitcher," and then find out later that I had cancer right. and not not identify me with that. And she she's a really well spoken kid, and so she had a big moment the other day. That's great. Yeah. Um, looking at kind of the, the landscape and obviously you've talked about, you know, some of the, the interesting teams, but uh, what are some uh, some of the your favorite games that you've either seen this spring or maybe ones that are coming up that you're really uh, you're really focused on in the uh, the softball season? Um, the the uh, the game um, that I saw that, the, that Waterford game was special just because of what I talked about with mm-hmm. the 
Um, and and th- those two teams, uh, Waterford and Stonington, do the play for the care game every year. So uh, the two coaches are, you know, well acquainted, if not, you know, good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz Sutman at Waterford and Anne-Marie Hull at Stonington. Uh, they, you know, they pro- they pour their heart and soul into raising money for cancer. And then when they when they take the picture before the game, all the kids have their arms around each other. Um, so that game that they played the other day wasn't the play for the cure. It was their they're, they're in the same division, so it makes it interesting because they're they're like friendly rivals, but they're still playing for the division title. Um, so that that was a pretty back and forth game. Um, Waterford was ahead three to one, and then Stonington was ahead five to three, and then Waterford scored uh, four unearned runs in the sixth inning um, against Stonington's freshman pitcher, who who just keeps getting out and they keep giving them they keep making her get more you know right. <laughs> for Stonington but um but that, that was a good game and it just uh Waterford doesn't have I mean in, in the past they've had Kelly Connors who was the Gatorade um player of the year one year as their pitcher um and won state championships and they don't have that one pitcher this year that's going to blow you away like Liz kind of mixes and matches between uh you know her two nieces and and for them to kind of take the the lead in the medium division has been kind of interesting. Yeah, they just uh, they just attack. You know, they like up and down their lineup. They have a um, a, a good shortstop, Jody Weiss is their shortstop, and uh, and uh, Claire Hurley is their center fielder. She was the MVP of the state championship game as a freshman. So and she's a junior now. So they they have a good lineup. So so. Um, that that makes their second meeting something to look forward to when they do have to play for the carry. I said, I said I was teasing the Stonington coach, and you know, um, because it's it's such an emotional game, but it means so much. I'm like, you're gonna be crying and right. have to win the game. <laughs> She's like, I know, shut up. But um, and then the third team in that division um, is that that. Waterford, Stonington, and Griswold all shared the medium division title last year. Right, and they're all they're all kind of evenly matched again. Griswold beat Stonington this year. Waterford beat Griswold, so it's it's all kind of um, that's a, a good mix um, to to watch play. Um, it's it's interesting to, to see uh, Fitz lost in the ECC tournament last year in the championship game to NFA. That was their only loss of the whole season. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I don't I don't know. Like I don't I don't see them as having any weaknesses this year. But then I guess they didn't last year either. So I don't I don't know. Can someone beat them? That's interesting. Yeah. Um. And uh, let's see that that game. Uh, I covered uh, Wheeler against East Lyme last week because I hadn't I hadn't covered East Lyme yet, and I hadn't covered Wheeler, and they were playing each other. So it was a, a small school team in Wheeler against a large school team in East Lyme, and um, the the Wheeler pitcher struck out 16, like I said, but um, East Lyme ended up beating them in the bottom of the seventh inning, three to two, um, on an error. Wheeler. Wheeler made an error, right. and uh, East Lyme uh, just ha- has that girl who just hits everything. Uh, they have an all-state shortstop, Crosby, Kaylee Crosby, um, got on base, and then uh, Akela Lopriori got a hit, and then somebody put it in, put the ball in play, and 
uh, Wheeler made a mistake, and uh, East Lamb scratched out a three to two win. But that was pretty exciting just to see um, Pariti um, for Wheeler. Everyone kind of, I mean, in my opinion, like the coach said, well, we always knew we had a great pitcher, but in my opinion, like everybody kind of thought of her like a nice little small school pitcher, you know, like, oh, yeah. okay, they're in the ECC small, they don't play anybody, yeah, she's good, but but not on the level of, you know, all these other people. And and I think uh, she's really established herself. It was really impressive uh, to watch her strike out 16 East Lime hitters, you know, and almost, almost beat a large school team. Sure. And, and they actually did beat a large school team. They beat Ledger. So uh, that, that that week, actually, uh, Paridi from Wheeler um, beat Ledger one to nothing. Um, pitched a perfect game against Killingly on Tuesday, and then um, um, and then struck out sixteen against East Lyme on Thursday. So that was a pretty good week for yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so sort of last question, just again, kind of big picture, what has sort of been the, the big story, you know, on kind of a broad perspective, maybe of, uh, of softball, either across the state this year or in your, uh, in your region, what do you think has kind of been the overriding, uh, overriding, you know, sort of element or story that's, uh, that's sort of hovered over things or is there one? Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not positive, um, statewide, uh, just, I, I know, um, Fitch is, which is really good, and it just seems that all the other teams, all the other games I've seen have been so competitive. Uh, like, I, I saw Stonington play NFA, and that was competitive. I saw Eastland play Wheeler, that was competitive. Mm-hmm. And then Fitch, Fitch just isn't competitive. With Like, no one is competitive with them. Like, the scores come in, and, uh, oh, uh, Jackie Lewis hit for the cycle the other day, and they beat Bacon Academy 17-2, to you know. They beat Killingly twenty-one to nothing. They right. beat like they beat Waterford eleven to nothing. They beat East Lyme twelve to nothing. So all the other good teams are going and just just saying like uncle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's it's uh, the only competitive game they've had is uh, oddly is against Ledger, which isn't one of our top teams. They're they're still building. They have a new coach this year. Um, but they only beat Ledger one to nothing. The the, the Ledger pitcher that day was a girl named Chloe Haspeller. Her sister was an All America swimmer at Ledger, and uh, she she held them to only one run. So she gets the prize so far this year. Yeah, someone's gonna have to uh, to talk to her and figure out what she uh, what she knew that no one else did. So yeah, everybody else has to go confer with her. I think. Yeah, but we're we're starting the second time through all the. All the um, division matchups now, uh, Stonington and Waterford and Grizzled off to play each other again. And um, Waterford and, uh, I mean, Wheeler and Montville haven't played each other yet in the small division. That's that's the small division matchup. Um, uh, but just, you know, Fitch is so good and, and still only has a one senior. Um, and and I, I think they're, I think they're likable, too. Um Caroline Tabor, their pitcher, is very likable. She's she's ranked number one in her class. Um, she's got an offer from Yale. I mean, there it's hard it's hard to root against them because they're just really nice, um, down to earth kids, and yeah. uh, they they have a couple funny kids. Um, one of their outfielders, Cassie Woods, is funny, and and uh, they're just like all around good athletes. They played together growing up, and uh, they're just they're they're fun to watch play. They respect the game. They have 
they have great players, and I don't know, they're just winning everybody. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Vicky, we uh, you certainly uh, are, are well tuned in to the to the softball world in uh, the eastern part of Connecticut, and obviously a lot of great stories out there for you to uh, to keep tabs on. So we thank you very much for uh, for being with us and offering all your insight. Oh, thank you, Joel. Great to hear from Vicky and all of the insights she brings. Obviously, a lot of passion and a lot of excitement about uh, softball and everything else that she covers out there in the eastern part of the state. Really has a good handle on what's going on in that part of Connecticut and particularly on the softball field. So really appreciate checking in with her. Some really great stories uh, that I even I wasn't aware of uh, taking place uh, with some student athletes there in eastern Connecticut. Moving on now, we go check in with one of our uh, one of our recurring correspondents, a man who brings uh, about as much excitement to covering high school sports as you could possibly imagine, Joe Palladino of the Waterbury Republican American. On the phone now with Joe Palladino of the Republican American from Waterbury, and uh, you know we have some guests that come on the CIAC cast to to talk about specific stories, and then we have some guests that we just like chatting with, and uh, and Joe is uh, certainly in the latter category. We'll we'll hit on a few things that he's been been covering lately, but mostly we just wanted to to chat with Joe. So Joe, thanks for being with us. It's always a pleasure and, and always an honor to be asked. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. We're happy to uh, to check in with you and see what's what's making news in in your part of the state. So the the story that I did see that caught my attention that uh, I think was certainly an interesting one and, and worthy of some discussion was a profile you wrote about a, a track and field competitor from uh, Terryville, Terryville High School, uh, Aaron Shine. So why don't you uh, let the folks know a little bit about what that story was uh, was all about. You know, it was, uh, first off, I'm glad you noticed it and, and also responded to it. It uh, was one of the more interesting but also difficult stories I've done. I guess through the years, you know, sports writers every now and then will become attracted by a story that features a young man or a young woman who, who competes at the high school level but does so be- through, through tremendous uh, difficulty or mm-hmm. through tremendous courage. Um, and it's the fun stories to do because so many times we're focused just on results. And yep. granted, that's what kind of the business is. Uh, but high school is also more than just wins and losses. And what we had here was a young man who, I guess as I wrote it at one point, that isn't just tr- doesn't just triumph over autism, but his, comp- his competing in athletics helped profoundly change his life. Yeah. And, you know, and so in those situations, there's a tremendous joy to talk to that young man and others in, in other situations who, who aren't focused solely on times or batting average or scoring average or how many assists did I have. You know, that's <laughs> fine. That's all good. But here's a young man who's, who, who had a, a, a difficult, uh, dealt a difficult hand in life, and athletics helped truly turn his life around. And I, I picked up on the story because his mom had put up a, a Facebook post one day mm-hmm. saying, you know, thanking the community for being so supportive. And, and, and then she just, a kind of a throwaway line, you know, uh, Aaron's participation in cross country this year changed his life. And, you know, we, when you hear something <laughs> like that, boy, that's, that set off an, an alarm. And, and I contacted her, sadly, last fall, just after cross-country season ended, yeah, well. <laughs> and I went, darn it, but I says, uh, is he going to run track this spring? She said, yes, so we sort of waited, 
until spring came around. So it was totally a delightful story to do and a terrific young man. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're, uh, you know, I'm sitting here and our, our podcast guest uh, or listeners can't see this, but I'm nodding along to, you know, everything you're <laughs> saying about, uh, you know, and obviously we're, uh, we, we sponsor championships. We're about, uh, uh, about the wins and losses too, but certainly try to be about the, uh, you know, the, those other kids who are just improving and, and just, you know, having that experience and that high school athletic experience. And uh, it can be different things for just about everybody and, and really a great story uh, about Aaron and, and how, uh, what a difference the, the high school athletics has, has made for him. So, well, uh, I think, you know, I, I mean, I did a story once about a young girl at Chapak who was blind and ran cross country. Mm-hmm. And we've done something with someone who was, um, Oh, a Cheshire, I think a Cheshire volleyball player who was diabetic and competed while wearing a pump. Yep. A girl from Wilkett who, who had lost a leg and, and did volleyball and basketball with a prosthetic. I mean, these kids inspire you. Yeah. You know, and, and Aaron, see, here's the thing. The, the focus for Aaron is on, uh, 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 he became goal-orientated. He became focused. He, he slept better. His grades were better. His communication skills improved. And, and you know what? You, that can happen to anyone. <laughs> it doesn't have, you don't need to have a special challenge in life, emotionally or physically. It can happen to everyone. And, and sometimes, you know, we end up covering stories about moms and dads who are mad at coaches, mad at athletic directors. Why aren't we winning more? And, and this is one of those stories where you just want to say, you know, why don't you just sit back, enjoy the experience, and the great fun your kid is having? So that's kind of the little theme that sort of runs under it that isn't quite verbalized, but it's there all the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned in the you know that it was a in some ways a difficult story to write. What what are some of the you know the challenges I guess of of trying to you know, in some ways, make sure that you're both, I assume, sensitive to, you know, to the young, to the young person and their story. And also, you know, maybe the the challenge difficulty I always find with stories like this sometimes is, is not overselling it. You know, it's such a, you know, you have to almost uh, write a little bit, uh, you know, softly or subtly sometimes. What, how do you kind of approach those, you know, stories like that? Well, you know what, one of the things I always say to people who maybe want to be in this business mm-hmm. is, is you never bring a template to anything yeah. and then just fit the story to your template. So you just go in and try to read it and your own, make an assessment as you're going along. So like the first thing I did in this case was a long, long interview with his, his mom. And for two reasons. One, I know nothing about autism. Mm-hmm. Which is not a horrible thing when you're writing a story like this, because you must make an assumption that, gee, maybe the reader won't know either. Right. So we will go on the same journey together to learn. So that's a good thing. Yep. But I needed mom to also help me out with phrasing. I don't want to say something that the, that the president of a national association <laughs> would send me an email ripping me to shreds right. because I used the wrong phraseology. Sure. So I, there, there's that element of it, too. But with Aaron, it was difficult because his a lot of his... Um, issues uh, manifest themselves in the way he communicates. Mm-hmm. So his his mom said to me, "You'll." He's very sharp, but she said to me, "You'll." He he sort of shuts down, and she said, "You'll see what I mean." Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Aaron was very good. He's very cogent, and he would answer a question, and then he would just suddenly stop. So now I don't know what to do. Right. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to respond. So 
sometimes I re-asked, I, I asked the question a new way so he would sort of get refocused. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just patiently waited and then he started up again. Other times it suddenly occurred to me that, oh, he's actually finished. Right. That was, <laughs> that was the end of his sentence and it's time for me to move on. So what was interesting is his mom had expressed to me that one of the problems with um, his form of autism is his inability to pick up on social cues. Right. He wouldn't know if I was joking or serious, if I was being sarcastic or honest. And, and it suddenly occurred to me during this conversation that I'm not picking up on his social cues. It was a profound moment for the two of us, at least for me anyway, because I suddenly understood, because I couldn't figure out what Aaron wanted to do or say or which way he was going with the conversation, just like he couldn't figure me out. Right. It really was a, a way to learn more than I'd ever had. Of, of I, I tell you what, it was it was amazing to meet him and to see and to talk with him and to learn from him. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, that's it. Really, and uh, you know, I say you, you've mentioned a few of the stories you've written along these lines, and and you know, I think that they're they are being written, and you got to kind of search them out. And that's one of the things we try to do with a, a shameless plug here for our. Uh, our linked ups that we occasionally post on CICsports.com. We kind of try to find a lot of these stories like this. So hope readers uh, take the time to, to re- check out these stories and, and get the different perspective on, uh, on on what high school sports can be rather than just the, the win-loss column and the, the stats and all that good stuff. So. Yeah, they're all important. I think the key here to remember is every one of them is as important uh, an element to this whole fabric, if you will, as anything else. And and uh, and it's and, and that's very rewarding to be able to lock in sometimes in that other kind of story. Yes, no, no question about it. So uh, before we before we were started recording, you mentioned that uh, this isn't uh, the spring is a little bit of a different season for you, and that you don't have a specific beat for the uh, Republican American. You're uh, more of a, a jack of all trades uh, in yeah. the spring season. But uh, let me just ask you, kind of generally, what are some of the other uh, stories or, or teams that have sort of garnered your attention uh, in your neck of the woods so far in the spring? Well, you know, this is, we're talking right now, this is actually the big time because the real push starts just about now yep. as we begin to pursue championships, you mm-hmm. know. Um, uh, well, actually, one of the things that, have been, that has been very important for us in Waterbury is the next phase in trying to finish off uh, construction at Municipal Stadium. Right. Um, and I know the CIAC is interested in things like that because it's like, oh, boy, another good venue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that um, may be something we have our eye on, Joe. I'm not going to worry. And, of course, for us in Waterbury, it's just, just get the gosh darn thing done so we could, you know, go out and have fun again at Municipal Stadium. So uh, it looks like it's finally going to happen and be done by November. And so let's see some CIAC uh, <laughs> neutral site games there next spring in baseball. I think that would be awesome. Um, but, you know, in the high school now, one of the things that's exciting for us is, is if you, whatever sport you throw out for us uh, in this spring, I couldn't tell you for a million dollars who's going to win the championship. I mean, maybe in basketball we could say, um, oh, maybe Sacred Heart's the favorite. Right. <laughs> but in the spring, no chance. It is so rock solid, dead even, that I think the NBL tournaments this spring are going to be wonderful because we have no idea who is going to win and and I think isn't that the the best thing of all, Joel? <laughs> yeah. Nope. No, that uh, I think that adds a lot of fun. You know, when uh, when everyone goes in thinking they've got a they've got a reasonable shot. So we'll. Uh we will certainly keep an eye on that and uh, and on the uh, the progress of the construction uh, <laughs> as well. 
Um, yeah, so that uh, we certainly appreciate uh, Joe Palladino carving out a little bit of time to to chat with us some of the the interesting things that are happening in uh, in his neck of the woods and uh, and and doing a great job covering those kind of stories as we said that uh, that put a little bit of perspective on on everything that's going on with high school sports. So Joe, we uh, as always are happy to chat with you and uh, and uh, I believe you're the first person who's used the word cogent on a CIAC cast. So <laughs> it, it, this has been a a monumental a monumental interview. If, uh, if if for no other reason. So thanks very much for being with us. It was my pleasure. And again, thank you, Joe. Thanks so much to Joe. As I mentioned, uh, excitement is the word I think of when I when I think about interviewing Joe Paladin. It was uh, just a lot of passion, a lot of energy, and uh, he's a lot of fun to talk to and really uh, appreciate the good story that uh, that we we focused on there a little bit, but then also the conversation about uh, about the, uh, you know, how you go about and how you try to approach some of these features and, and highlighting some of these different kind of stories. So really appreciate checking in with him. Moving back to the Diamond Sports now, we're uh, going to try to cover a little baseball and softball this week, and then we'll uh, probably in future editions of the CIAC cast turn our attentions to some of the other spring sports. But uh, a lot of interesting thing happening in this uh, person's part of Connecticut and thought he'd be a good person to chat about it with, Doug Bonjour of the Connecticut Post. Well, we've already talked a little softball. Now we're going to uh, turn our attention to the other uh, diamond sport from the spring, and we reach out to Doug Bonjour of the Connecticut Post, who's had uh, a busy spring season keeping track of some of the uh, the baseball action around the state and in his neck of the woods. So, Doug, thanks for being with us. Yeah, of course. Always happy to uh, to chat with you. So we, uh, as we said, you've been mainly focused on baseball this spring. So kind of big picture, are there sort of any overriding stories from uh, the baseball season from the teams that you've covered or just across the state that really stand out to you so far this spring? I think you um, uh, jumped directly to uh, uh, class double L and the uh, strength of, um, you know, the upper, uh, you know, tier there. Um, 11 or 11 teams with three losses or fewer and you know you have a lot of the traditional powers um the teams that you would expect that, uh, to be up there you know Fairfield Prep um in war the uh, defending FCAC champion uh, Southington and then you others like Norwalk after you know a, a few years uh um, down you know that uh, they're back up um Wilton Darien which is made for a Pretty tough uh, FCAC, as you can see. So mm-hmm. um, a lot, of, a lot of the traditional powers um, are living up the form, which is always makes for a uh, interesting last few weeks or last last month, I should say. Um, so yeah, that that would be the one um, overriding factor. Um, we've had a lot of big performances from big names, um, Ronnie Ross Mondo from. Bunnell, uh, UConn commit, he's actually been uh, scouted by MLB scouts, um, probable draft pick, actually, for uh, the June draft. Uh, he threw no-hitter. Um, we have Randy Polonia, um, kind of descent, Trinity Catholic pitcher, mm-hmm. um, going to UConn as well, um, batting 406. And, um, if these numbers are correct, he's 6-0 with a uh, ERA of .50, which is um, almost unheard of. So, yeah, that's not bad. A lot, of, uh, a lot of big performances so far from from uh, players you would you know that, that have generated a lot of buzz the last few years. 
Yeah, no, those are uh, two two names worth watching, and we'll we'll get uh, get to a few more names uh, maybe that folks can keep an eye on. But you mentioned uh, one of the, one of the teams that's been a, a story in your neck in your uh, part of the state, and uh, and one that you're very familiar with is is Fairfield Prep, a uh, team that was ranked uh, atop the New Haven Register uh, baseball poll the last time uh, the last time it came out, and uh, stumbled a little bit this week. But I know it's a team you're familiar with. What can uh, what can you tell us to sort of let folks uh, get to know that squad a little bit? Yeah, well, uh, they came in with, um, you know, all eyes watching them to, to start the season. I mean, uh, anytime you're ranked in the top uh, 50 by Baseball America, that's a pretty uh, outstanding um, just recognition for mm-hmm. uh, that program. Um, obviously, not, uh, I, I guess you can never say you, you'd expect that, but as far as um, Fairfield Prep goes uh, in Connecticut, I mean, that's a team that's been. Um, Kind of knocking at the door the last few years. Um, again, a lot of big names. Uh, Kevin Stone, uh, pitcher, actually took the loss against Norden and West Haven yesterday, but overall he's 3 uh, and 1 with a ERA of 1.5. Uh, and, a half. and uh, going to Harvard, um, got one of the better infielders in the state, too, Simon Whiteman, who's going to Yale. Uh, leads the team, I believe, with a average of. Uh, close to 500, so mm-hmm. he's obviously an on-base machine. Um, you know, they're well-coached. Uh, Rudy Moritz has been there for a while. Um, just play the fundamentals. Um, you know, as you said, they ran into a little rough patch this week, uh, losses to Hamden, and um, as I mentioned yesterday, Notre Dame West Haven, but uh, I mean, that's baseball. You're only as strong as your next day starting pitcher, and it's awfully tough to go undefeated so yeah um the rough patch is a little expected i mean as uh you know their coach said yesterday it's it's a lot tougher to uh finish off the the second half of the season and you know the first half teams have already um seen you you know you, they already lost to you um once as in, as in the case of the two teams they did lose to they, they um both teams came back to earn splits this year right so um just you know awfully tough to Go undefeated, but um, I mean they're, they'll they'll be there till the end, barring something unexpected. Yeah, no, and uh, you certainly also maybe you know t- maybe teams' focus starts to wander a little bit, you know, with you sort of <laughs> see that. Uh, that postseason finish line coming up a little bit. Uh, you you mentioned some of the other, you know, that impressive double L uh, rankings, you know, at the top. But uh, just sort of in from teams that you've seen, you know, who's kind of impressed you the most uh, along with Fairfield Prep? You know, who are some of the other teams that have really stood out to you uh, from what you've seen this year? Um, there's Benel, uh class double L, um, you know, FWC. They, they're um, one of, if not the lead contender in that conference. As I mentioned, they have a pretty outstanding pitcher, um, Ross Mondo, last year's uh, Gatorade Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. And um, also number two, uh, Justin Lasko, another big, you know, strong power pitcher. Um, throws the ball hard. He's going to UMass. Um, and Nick Giannani, um played a big part in the basketball. Teams run to the finals. Uh, this winter, and um, you know, he's another kid who can throw the ball hard. I know they're excited about him. Um, this is the first few uh, games of the season, but gives them a pretty strong uh, one-two-three punch there in the rotation. Obviously, with as we as we get closer to the postseason, you know, um, 
you know, you're playing day after day, you've got to rely on, you know, not one, not two, but sometimes three arms to right. get you through a short, um, short postseason or short, uh, um, whether it be states or your conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and I obviously mentioned prep, and there's Amity as well. It can never go discounted. I mean, uh, SCC uh, last year, you know, they stumbled through the regular season, you know, finished 12 and eight, everyone kind of overlooks them and long story short, um, you know, they win their second straight double all title. So that's, that's something that could, um, you know, never, never count them out. And, um, you know, they're 10 and four, um, strong as always. Um, when you shift back, uh, to the FCI, New Canaan's been, um, 11 and two, um, just scoring a ton of runs, right? Twelve on Danbury, um, and actually beat up the uh, the Bridgeport teams. Um, a big week for them coming up with Staples, Greenwich, and Wilton. So those are just a, a few of the teams to watch and down at this end. Yeah, no, a lot of a uh, lot of excitement, and as you say, a lot of depth, which certainly makes it uh, seems like you probably always got a, a a good game or what looks like uh, on paper a good game to check out. Who are uh, mm-hmm. you've mentioned some of the standout players? Any uh, any other folks that have uh, that have impressed you that you've seen uh, from an individual standpoint? Uh, Mike Corso, yesterday for Notre Dame, um, hit two oh one homer yesterday. Yeah, pitched a complete game as well, and actually I yeah, saw him on. Monday as well against Shelton, which is another team I'll get to. I homer in that game as well, so mm-hmm. uh, two homers, um, both both good shots to Western Field. Uh, didn't need too much help there, so that's um, yeah, he obviously stands out, and that's a team that's um, defending class all champ. Uh, Mike Cowell with Shelton um, came out to close that game the other night. He's a shortstop heading to Fordham, but um, generated a ton of attention for the job he's done on the mound actually um throws in the low 90s as scouts watching him um came out came in that game and shut the door uh they lost amity last night however he has a strikeout to walk ratio of uh it was at least after monday he was 53 strikeouts i believe in 28 innings so wow outstanding outstanding um power pitcher um and obviously a kid will be playing at the next level um so that's just two uh, that, that's just two of them um, yeah so there's many more um Amy has a few um mike apple uh another strong pitcher uh chris winkle um like any first baseman you put the ball out too if you're if you don't pitch them uh you make a mistake around the place, going to take advantage of it. So, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of impressive impressive young uh, young kids to to take a look at. Um, just sort of uh, from your perspective, this is um, you know kind of a maybe a loaded question, but uh, do you sort of feel like this? You know, the the dominance or maybe the the strength. Um, from what you've seen is more on the pitching side or more on the offensive side, I guess is what I'm, you know, as we sort of head toward the, the championship seasons, are you sort of more expecting more of a, of a pitching dominated kind of landscape or more of an offensive dominated landscape? If you were to kind of judge it right now, which do you think is sort of has the edge as we're, we're heading down the stretch? 
Well, it's funny because, you know, especially up in the northeast here, you start uh, playing that first week of April and temperatures are in the low 50s if you're lucky, high 40s. And, yeah. You know, you don't want to be a, a hitter up there and getting uh, jammed by some, you know, some uh, um, you know, fat, you know, high fastball. So um, as, as the weather warms up, it's always, you know, you see that uh, at the major leagues too, you know, guys start getting uh, – hotter at the plate, more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some pitchers tire out a tad. I mean, these kids are throwing a ton of pitches in a uh, short time span. So logic would say that the uh, that the offenses would pick up a little bit. I mean, we've see, seen some pretty big uh, um, hitting lineups, as I mentioned. But as far as because um, as far as pitching goes, so far uh, you know it's had some outstanding uh, individual performances, but. Logic would say the lineups are going to heat up uh, moving forward here, especially as the uh, temperatures, uh, you know, heat up and kids get more, uh, you know, more bats and yeah. see more pitchers, and you know, it's also easier to, uh, um, you know, a lot of these pitchers uh, progress over the over the off season. Um, you know, you see them the first time, pick up a couple uh, you know, miles per hour in their pitches, uh, learn a new uh, trick or two. Um, off-speed pitches, whatnot. So, uh, you know, you see in the second, third, fourth, fifth time around, it's, uh, you know, it's a little different. Maybe you know what to expect more. So I, I, I would say the lineups if I had to guess. Yeah. So, uh, well, Doug, uh, so you can write that down. Doug gives a slight edge to the offense as we uh, as we head down the, uh, the stretch. Uh, again, kind of projecting ahead, what are maybe, you know, a handful of games or, or one or two games that you're really interested in, uh, you know, and checking out here with, uh, you know, a little more than a month to go until uh, we crown champions in the in the CIAC. So maybe a few games on the horizon that you think are going to be particularly interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a few teams in the um, the FCI there, you know, your traditional powers, St. Joseph and uh, Greenwich, they're both kind of kind of try, trying to stay afloat here and trying to stay in the uh, postseason picture. Now they met last uh uh, Friday, uh, Greenwich won that one four two. But uh, you know, right now St. Joe's is uh, five and seven. Greenwich is um, six and six. And, and Greenwich this week has um, starting Friday. You know, hosting Darien, which I mentioned, uh, one of the better teams in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go to Southington on Saturday, which is uh, nine and one, and you know, always strong. And then um, at New Canaan on Monday. So. I mean, you know, you're used to seeing Greenwich um, right there towards the end. They lost double out in the FCI, and you know um, they'll make the state tournament, barring a, a collapse. But as far as FCI goes, you know, um, you don't see too many tournaments without them. Sure. And as I mentioned, um, St. Joseph, you know, big week coming up with uh, West Hill and Ward. Um, and even to, even uh, tomorrow Friday, you know, with uh, Trumbull, um, just that you know, each game is that much more important as we get closer. So um, close finish to the end of or in the postseason in the uh, FCA race here, I should say. Yeah. 
yeah, certainly a lot, uh, a lot still to be determined. You know, you said you you point to the the top of that double L bracket and uh, and maybe what should be a really really interesting tournament. Hopefully, as as we progress, but then you also get the story of those teams that are just trying to trying to fight their way and make sure that they uh, are playing in CIC tournament games. So, lot uh, yeah. a lot still to be determined here as we uh, we head mm-hmm. down the stretch. Yeah, definitely. There's uh, you know, as I said, you, you're a few standouts, but as far as uh, you know, the rest of it goes. I mean, everything's pretty um, compact. I mean, two teams around the state uh, that are still unbeaten, and as um, you know, a few coaches have reminded me throughout the spring, it's almost impossible to go unbeaten. And you know, you're going to see some teams come back to the pack, um, and others, you know, maybe might, might make a little run here. I mean, last year Ward and the FCAC, no one really had them pegged as the uh, as the favorite, you know, heading into that tournament, and they go off and win that, and then they make a run in the uh, in the states. So, I mean, you know, some teams are bound to bound to um, you know jump out in front here soon, especially Massey too. I mean, they were five and five um, going into a matchup with uh, Ross Mondo, and now they they won that one, and now they reeled off six. Straight, I believe. Um, so, if I did my math correct. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean they're hot too. That's a team that was in the uh, Class L finals last year. So, right. I'm sure, you'll see a lot of new uh, names moving forward. Yeah. No. There's a uh, yeah. Still a lot to be determined. And as you said, you know the the a team can get hot and and really have it carry them into the postseason. So we will be. We will be keeping track of it all, and I know you will be as well, Doug. We uh, we appreciate you sharing. It's been a busy, uh, a busy and eventful uh, baseball season for the teams in your area, and we uh, appreciate you sharing a little what knowledge with us today. Thanks very much. Of course, yep. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much to Doug for being with us. A lot of great insight there. A lot of interesting things happening on the baseball fields in his part of Connecticut. Some great athletes taking uh, that he's had the pleasure to watch. Some good, real good teams and uh, certainly teams that we're going to keep an eye on as the championship season rapidly approaches. So we that is going to do it for this edition of the CIAC cast. Thanks to Vicki Fulkerson, to Joe Palladino, and to Doug Bonjour for taking a little time out to be with us this week. And thank you to you for downloading and listening. We certainly always appreciate that. As always, Tournament Central, CIACsports.com, Twitter, at CIACsports, Facebook.com, slash Sports. Lots of different ways to follow us, lots of different ways to stay plugged in with what's happening with the CIAC and with high school sports in the state of Connecticut. We thank you, as always, for being with us. We'll be back in just a few weeks with another edition of the CIAC Cast. <music>